Hello and welcome to this, the very numbered episode, <laughs> to, to this episode of the Be A Better Bard podcast. I'm your co-host Burley. And I'm Alex. And today we're talking about automatons. Yeah, that, that was the subject that we chose to do. We'll see if we actually do that subject. Why do you say that, Alex? Because this was a hard one that has a lot of nuances and it might not be the right word for things. That's true. Yeah, and, and initially I was like, oh, well, I'll do the golem from Hebrew folklore, but that's not really an automaton. That's something else. <laughs> yeah, so let's let's go in and define what automaton is, because we're going to find that there's a automaton is almost like a sub-branch of things for a tree that doesn't really have a proper name. Okay. Um, so what an automaton is, is it has two different definitions. You can kind of pick and choose. Sometimes it's both, sometimes it's just one of them. One of them is it's a self-operating machine, pretty simple. It has to be a machine, a mechanical structure that uses power to apply force and control movement to perform a specific task. The second one is this moving machine, again, previous example, but that imitates human being or human life. Okay. So right off the bat, you're probably thinking like robots and stuff, like, um, but even then that kind of varies. So under one definition, R2-D2 and C-3PO are both automatons. But under the second one, only C-3PO is an automaton. Because R2-D2 is not humanoid. Yes. Got it. So I guess under that description, um, like the war forged in D&D automatons. Yeah. Um, the golem, though, is not because it is not mechanical in nature. Correct. Okay. Now, now, even before we had robots, we've had automatons, at least in literature and history, for a really, really long time. And it's pretty cool. Um, in particular, we have Hephaestus. So we're going back to like 700 BCE. Hephaestus was the blacksmith of the gods in ancient Greece. Built, you know, the armor of Achilles, the throne of Olympus, all that cool stuff. If there's any like cool weapons floating around in ancient Greece, Hephaestus had his hand on it. But he also made an automaton, which was really rad. He made the, the bronze statue known as Talos. And Talos was supposed to be this protector of the city of Crete as a gift to the god or the king Minos. Sorry, mm -hmm. let me I switched it around to the city of Minos, the king of Crete. Okay. But yeah, he I was mean, he was called Minos as well, right? Gift to Minos the oh, I switched around. Okay, yeah, it was Minos king of Crete. Yeah. My notes are garbage. It's okay. No, it's fine. But yeah, it's really like even around like 700 BCE, we had this giant robot and it's like uh, ships came too close to the city and the king didn't want them there. This robot would just fling rocks at it. Was this, um, sorry to, to deviate away. Do you think that that was the um, like training dummy robot that was portrayed in Blood of Zeus? I, I don't think that was Talos, but that was created by Hephaestus. Okay, because we only ever saw the one, right? Yes. Uh, so yeah, Talos was anyway. a giant robot. Like he okay. was, like he wasn't just like human size. Like you know, he'd go up to like, you'd probably be up their ankle. Okay, so it's it's a colossus. Yes, or but colossal yeah. sized. But he made a bunch of automatons, and not just big mythical ones. Because around this time, we are also making real automatons. Mm -hmm. And what the definition of the automatons at that time was is they're basically like tinker toys. 
So like you might think of like complex clocks where like at 12 o'clock, like a bunch of little mini figurines will pop out and strike a bell and sing a song and then go back into the clock. Mm -hmm. That's proto-automatons. That's how we were defining automatons. And we were doing this for a really long time. Kept going forward and forward. We had little robots in ancient France. We had someone that designed a robot that was able to write up to like three poems. That was just a series of gears that matched the gears and it was forcing the hand to like write out poems or draw a really ugly picture of a horse. Marie Antoinette had a robot or, or whatever that would play a musical instrument. Um, the harpsichord or something? I don't remember. Yeah, there's instrument. a couple of them. Uh, someone and I think in Prague made this really neat like swan that's surrounded by all this glass water and the glass water is like attached to all these gears and little fish will jump out of the water. It's really cool. But neither of us chose an automaton. Not technically. Um, what we chose ha doesn't really, ha it fits into this. Like you quite, you think it might be an automaton, but you realize it doesn't quite fit the proper definitions. Uh, the closest thing I can find to what we chose would kind of be more towards the idea of animalism or anthropomorphism. Or, or cyborg. Mine, mine kind of <laughs> comes across as cyborgy a, a bit. Yeah, I wasn't sure about the history of yours, so like I didn't go too much into it. Well, like if he was I'll born that about, way, or I'll talk about my character. Don't worry. <laughs> um, but where we're talking about like mechanical creatures that are imbued with life, like robots and whatnot, mm -hmm. there's also other select subcategory of inanimate objects that are imbued with life. Uh, so that would be your Pinocchio, your Golem, your Gingerbread Man, your Toy Story. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what's interesting from a literary standpoint is all of these creatures kind of have, they follow the same story beats or rules as automatons and robots do. Typically, if you're doing a story about an automaton or a robot at a certain point, they're trying to figure out their humanism or humans are trying to look at it and see their own humanism reflected back at them. Sure. For example, uh, we'll go back to Talos, this large being. At a certain point, it was just sitting on the beach being sad and contemplating its own existence. And its downfall was the witch that was uh, hanging out with uh, Jason and the Argonauts promised the, the Talos eternal life. And while it was pondering if it wanted eternal life, they managed to kill the robot. <laughs> but I mean, you take a look at these other inanimate objects that have been personified, like Frankenstein, Pinocchio, Gingerbread Man, Toy Story. They're all just contemplating what it means to be human to a certain extent. Sure. And yeah, I guess if we were to throw in the third category that we didn't quite, we don't really need to talk about, but it's all part of the same tree. We also do those animals. Like anthropomorphizing? Animals? Yeah. Yeah. So same thing. We, we take animals and we kind of have them questioning what it means to be human a lot of the times too, or putting human traits onto them. I think it's just something that we as humanity really like to do. We like to take things that aren't us and make them us. Yeah. And yeah, that, that's the unnamed tree of shit that is alive but human uh well i'm sure that there is a name for it somewhere we're just we'll just have to find it um yeah maybe well i was gonna say maybe instead of automaton we should have said like automata but that's just the same word yeah it's the same word <laughs> yeah it's just the same word yeah um, but when you said automaton it's like oh we're doing an episode on near automata i love that game right um a game about what it means to be human. Yeah, exactly. Do I still have that? 
I don't think I do have that game anymore. I know I gave it back to you. Oh no, I'm sure you did. I just I, I probably sold it. Um, the end. Thank you for listening to this episode. <laughs> um, well, let's uh, let's dive right in. Do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? I'm on a roll. I might as well keep talking. Yeah. So I'm focusing on the TV show Adventure Time. I'm a huge fan of Adventure Time. It's a pretty rad cartoon. Okay. It's a TV show on Cartoon Network created by Pendleton Ward, ran from 2010 to 2018, but they are still putting out some content. In particular, now they're doing shorts on uh, HBO Max. If you haven't watched them, they're pretty fantastic. Give them a check. But the show focuses on a boy named Finn and his magical dog. They go on adventures. It takes place in the kingdom of Ooh, and the Ooh is a post-post-apocalyptic world. The apocalypse has happened and all the bad stuff the apocalypse has at this point kind of moved on the world is recovered and from the disgusting ooze that is the uh nuclear war or the mushroom war new life has formed and adapted in particular i'm going to focus on bonnabelle or princess bubblegum and her candy kingdom uh, after the mushroom war there was just kind of a shitty radioactive hellscape. And one of the things that crawled from that shitty radioactive hellscape was a giant mass of bubblegum. Uh, dripping down from that bubblegum was Bonnie and her brother, Ned. Two pieces of that gum that kind of just became sentient and wandered the wasteland of this post-apocalypse world. At a certain point wandering the apocalypse, Bonnie gets bored with existence and decides she needs to make friends or family. So, and so she's no longer lonely. So she creates uh, an aunt, an uncle, and a cousin. At a certain point, this family she makes turns on her, kind of realizing their full sentience. And so they attempt to kill her. In return, she takes away their sentience, which is kind of brutal. Um, yeah, as they're dancing around happily, saying, dance with me, dance with me, she just kind of smiles and goes, so unburdened and pliable. Uh, so yeah, she... At this point, kind of realizes she has the power of a god and begins to create her kingdom, filling it with candy citizens and her creations, who are all equally happy, happily unburdened and pliable. One of the batches of notes that she makes are the gumball guardians, giant gumball machine statues that stand over guard of the kingdom. If that sounds familiar, we just talked about Talos, Talos these, yeah. gi these giant guardians that defend the area. Uh, throughout the show, Bonnie continues to create life with the same attitude until eventually she she does start to make a shift. Most notable that shift is when she creates Lemon Grab. Lemon Grab is this creature who is com she she forms from the existence of a lemon, and at this point is completely unfulfilled. Like it is just a miserable existence of a being, but mm -hmm. it's a it's a creature that is happy with its miserable existence. So Bonnie, as opposed to what she's done in the past, where she forced that creature to be happy and unburdened, she lets this creature live on to existing, giving its own kingdom so, so they can create a whole kingdom of miserable beings. Is it a kingdom or a duchy? It's like it's like one little castle yeah, just filled okay. with lemons, yeah. Because he's a duke, right? Yes. Okay. So Bonnie is a really interesting character because she is both Frankenstein and Frankenstein's monster. Right. Um, she is this creature pulled out of existence from nothing and chats struggling to find meaning. And the meaning she's finding is creating more life. Yeah. And I, I think it's interesting because she's like made of the same things that her creations are, right? She's also just made out of sugar. Yeah. She's just them. She's just, she's forcing them to be lesser than her mm -hmm. through 
the act of creation. She has the ability to make them her equal. She does not. Well, so, so never mind. Uh, when we get to the question and answer segment, I have a question. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm about to finish up. So like the big thing that I really find interesting about Bonnie and typically with these stories and giving something sentience as life is normally it's questioning what it means to be a human. This one, it doesn't really have that. You'd, you'd think, oh, maybe they just don't have it because it's a fun kid show. No, it's not really that fun of a kid show. It's more mm. of questioning what it means to be a god. Mm. And, mm. And, I, and I think that comes to the conclusion when Bonnie finally becomes really hands-off. At a certain point, she kind of revokes her uh, claim to the Candy Kingdom and just mm. lets the kingdom do its own thing. At least that's my take. Or, you know, this kingdom also has its own god, and god dies in the show, so. Right. <laughs> um, wait, which god are you talking about? Glob. Everyone always says Glob, and at a certain uh, point you go to Mars, and there's this giant creature named Glob that has all these shifting heads. And oh, Glob's, yeah, that's Magic Man's older brother, right? Yep, yeah, Glob sacrifices himself so that way Mars can continue to live. Right. Um isn't he like abraham lincoln or something no abraham lincoln's someone else okay it's a good show so here's it's a my rad okay. show here's my question okay i know Pre princess bubblegum has like i remember where uh, the episode where she like made the family and everything and she's like all of her candy denizens are like sweet and blah 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 what about peppermint butler because he like summons demons and stuff so we Peppermint Butler begins, he is a sweet candy. Uh -huh. I think at some point it's hinted that he just came encounter with the devil and made a deal. Okay. Okay. Because he's like legitimately a necromancer and he, you know, he's he's not like a cinnamon bun who is just like happy to fall over, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think, I think I may have missed an episode, but my guess is just filling in the blanks is he started off a, like, a super happy to be alive simple piece of candy mm -hmm. and then just kind of maybe bumbled his way into the dark arts and just stuck with it okay i didn't know if if there was like a piece of lore that i had missed where she was like all right peppermint butler i'm gonna give you the power of satan <laughs> here's the slayer album go forth <laughs> um well uh you uh, do you have anything else no nah, uh, go on with yours okay so i uh researched i my topic is the tin woodman from the land of oz wizard of oz um universe um i don't normally talk about like you know the real world who the um the creator was and all that jazz but i think it's really interesting in this instance because the Tin Woodman, um, so, okay, it's early 1900s, like, literally, um, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz was published in 1900, so it's a while ago, but at that time, <laughs> people were like, oh, hey, we can take little bits of scrap metal and use them to make decorative things, like, that was, like, the hit fad at the time. And then we um, got liberal arts colleges. I know, exactly. <laughs> Um, so Frank L or I'm sorry, L Frank Baum, who created, uh, the Oz universe, who wrote the first book, um, 
when he was writing the the wonderful wizard of oz the first book he was working as a magazine editor for a magazine that was about decorating shop windows which feels so specific did we have nothing better to read at the time um think of all the niche podcasts that exist in the world i know i know like there's someone right now that i guarantee you is recording a podcast about what their favorite cereal is go off write your weird ass magazine it's it's actually called the empty bowl and it's got uh it stars justin mcelroy and another guy and yeah it's a it's a podcast about cereal and um the background music is like the tibetan singing bowl and they use very soft tones it's a great podcast to fall asleep (laughs) to (laughs) um anyway uh so he's like he's editing these magazines and he's just looking at picture after picture of people putting together little men out of scrap metal um and so he's like okay well this is gonna be a character in my in my book so the story of the Tin Woodman, and it's not Tin Woodsman, it's Woodman. Um, originally, there was a, an ordinary lumberjack named Nick Chopper. And Nick Chopper had a girlfriend who was, um, she was a, like a housemaid um, for this old woman. And Nick Chopper and the and his girlfriend decide that they're going to get married but the old woman is like oh well then i'm going to have to do my own dishes i don't want to do that so she goes to the wicked witch of the east and is like hey i can't do my own dishes and so the wicked witch of the east curses nick chopper's axe so that whenever he tries to swing it instead of chopping down a tree or chopping up a piece of wood it chops off one of his own limbs so every time he, you know, he loses a limb and then he goes to this guy called Kuklip, uh, who is a, a metal worker, um, and Kuklip replaces his missing limb with a prosthetic. Um, but then I guess he goes out and chops all of his other arms left. So basically there ends up being nothing left. He chops off all of his legs. He chops his body off. He chops off his head. Um, and eventually he is entirely made out of tin tin um but because he chopped off his head and his body and stuff he like doesn't have a brain he doesn't have a heart n- anything like that he's completely made out of metal at this point and he doesn't even remember his girlfriend so moral of the story is if you're lazy things will work out for you um so they find him all rusted or dorothy gale in the wizard of oz right she comes to oz and she will eventually find the tin woodman all rusted in the forest which is fucking bullshit because tin does not rust we'll move on from that maybe it it does in other universes maybe the physics are different in oz but tin doesn't rust so you know maybe they just called it tin maybe it was actually a different metal you know like that's kind of like if you go to a different planet like at certain points like you visit a galaxy, someone has the same word for something that's a different thing. Sure, but he, but here's the thing. Like, there is, in one of the future books, um, some munchkins sing a song about how tin doesn't rust and it's the best kind of plating to have. They, like, sing him, it's like happy birthday, but it's, like, about how he's made out of tin so that he doesn't rust. So basically, it has to be assumed that, like, maybe his joints are made out of iron or something. I don't know. Anyway. Um, 
so he you know wants a heart and the whole um sort of the there's other automatons namely the scarecrow is another automaton that dorothy gale comes across and the scarecrow wants a brain and the tin man wants a heart and throughout the the story the two of them actually have a couple of uh back and forth um discussions debates about whether it's more important to have a brain or more important to have a heart both of them symbolically uh already possessing those things you know throughout the book the the scarecrow is the one who comes up with all the plans and the tin woodman uh ends up crying and rusting himself because he's so sad that dorothy gets kidnapped or something like that i don't remember um i haven't read the book in a minute yeah, I haven't seen the movie since I was in the play in second grade. <laughs> I actually, I have the complete, like, the complete work of Oz. It's like a five-volume, big, thick book set. Um, I've only made it, like, halfway through the first volume because the older ones are very clearly written for children and they're so boring. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, um, where was I? Uh, he, he has a heart. He had a heart all along. Right. He had a heart all along. But so um, so they get to the the Wizard of Oz, right? And it turns out that he's just a snake oil salesman. Uh, he gives uh, he gives like a he gives a bogus degree to the Scarecrow. <laughs> he gives um, he gives a uh, a heart that's made out of silk and sawdust to the Woodman. And they're like, you know, they're like a they're they're fake they're placebo um but he accidentally steps on a bug and he's so sad that he's like okay i have a heart now i can't like i have to be more careful about the things i do so now that he believes he has a heart um he like he would not even suffer to see a butterfly's wings pulled off uh as ingredients for a spell that would save a human girl it, which happens in another book he, he's like, no, I refuse to let you mutilate a butterfly for any reason. I have a heart, damn it. <laughs> um, so he uh, originally, when he was Nick Chopper, um, he's he's a munchkin, which that's a great porn name, by the way. Nick Chopper, Nick Chopper, Nick Chopper. Um, so he he is he. OK, so there's munchkins, right, which we think of as like the little people. But munchkins are just people who live in the easternmost country of Oz, which is Munchkinland. So he's like normal human sized as we see him depicted. Um, anyway, um, so he ends up becoming the emperor of Munchkinland and he has all of his little munchkin people go and build him a palace entirely made of tin, but not just like the building. All of the furniture is made of tin. The flowers in the garden are all made of tin. Um, let's see what what else. Um, stand by. Um, I'm trying to remember what I had. One more thing. I just started talking out of out of order, so I have to look through my notes now. Oh, You're good. Okay. So here's there. There is a story called the Tin Woodman of Oz, and this is the most fucked up story <laughs> that I've found. Um, okay, so uh, so the Tin Man, he just he now that he has his heart back, um, he remembers that he once was in love with somebody, 
So he goes looking for his long lost love, whose name is Nimi Amy. Um, and when he finds her, turns out that she is married to another guy whose name is Chopfit. And Chopfit is a man who is made out of Nick Chopper's old discarded body parts. Metal. <laughs> yeah. And so he finds his former fiance with his previous body, like a Frankenstein of his old body. Um, and the only thing that basically is not Nick Chopper about this guy is that it's still Chopfit's head. Um, Nick Chopper, by the way, runs into his old head, who has just become this cantankerous old man who's like pissy about having chopped his body apart. <laughs> um which like really raises the question of is the tin man nick chopper at all if nick chopper's head exists and has a personality so sort of like you had brought up before like the this um the question of like what is my humanity that comes up with automatons gets like doubled down on because he is seeking a heart so that he can reclaim his lost humanity. And then when he, you know, goes to find the vestiges of his lost humanity, it brings up this other question of like, was it his arms and legs that made him a man? Because this other guy has his arms and legs. Um, yeah. Uh, I think that's all I really want to talk about. I don't want to get into, you know, the more modern interpretations where he's, uh, you know a badass in a in power armor that's whack yeah what's what's the one on the sci-fi channel where he's like a gunslinger uh is that the tin man i think so that it might be which i i think the tin man book um isn't technically about the wizard of oz it's just about a guy who because he wears power armor people call him the tin man but yeah there was the one on the sci-fi channel with um Zooey de Chanel, and it was hot trash garbage. Yeah, I watched the first episode, couldn't get past that. I also like the way you say Zooey de Chanel. That's her name. Zoe. There there are multiple O's in that word, okay? It's <laughs> Zooey. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> well, let's, okay, so <laughs> let's uh, do our compare and contrast. Both of our characters... Uh, had this like what does it mean to be a being right mm -hmm. sort of thing um what else um so i i think both of our both of our um our automatons were well i guess so the tin man was not created by the witch but the witch definitely had a hand in making him what he is yeah in part the, of the curse princess bubblegum building her things but she has a much more direct role can the candy people have children like there are babies and people are parents but does princess bubblegum like make little gumdrops and then give them away i don't know that'd be a good question I'm not sure if Disney wants to, or not Disney, Cartoon Network wants to make it canon that candy fucks. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? What, what else? What other similarities do we have? 
Automatons seem to be very uh, simple-minded, I guess. Um, yeah, the ones that Bonnie create are very simple-minded. Yeah, and Nick Nick Chopper is extremely simple-minded. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, I don't know that that rule necessarily exists for all automatons. I guess that's. They would jump back and forth. Like, so Pinocchio, for example, is pretty simple-minded, but, like, the creatures from Toy Story are, like, fully aware of everything in their surroundings. Mm -hmm. And I was going to do Calibretto um, from the Battle Chasers comics, and he's a very intelligent giant war machine. Have you read those comics or played the game? I have not, no. Mm. The game is really good, except the load times are constant and very long. There's a load screen <laughs> before each battle, and it like can take like a full minute to load each fight. Uh, and you have to grind in that game because it's hard. Yeah, it uh, sounds about but, right. But the game is cool, and the characters are cool, and the comics are super duper cool. You got a barking doggo. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll just wait for that to end. Um. What? Uh, so, what else? Compare. What about contrasts? Um, Tim Man very much leans into his heart as his mm-hmm. humanity, while Bonnie kind of very much suppresses that. She's very a cold, calculating person. Mm-hmm. So, are you considered Bonnie your subject, or the candy people your subject? I'm, I'm kind of doing the candy people as a whole, but she's kind of very much okay. a part of it. She's also she is a, also a sentient people. piece of gum. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Hmm. What else? That you know, both of our characters. If we think of of if if Bonnie Bell is your character, they both end up being leaders. True. Um. With houses made out of their own body functions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she does live in the, in a candy castle, doesn't she? <laughs> um. What else? I, I don't know if you so um a little aside about the world of Oz. Um after the Wizard of Oz leaves, the Scarecrow becomes the king of the Emerald City. So like the two strongest kingdoms are uh the Tin Kingdom and the Emerald City. And it's just like these two The friends. two automatons, yeah. yeah. Um yeah. One who has a who has a fake brain and the other who has a fake heart. Uh, anywho, what else do you want? Should we just start brainstorming our our character? Yeah, let's jump into a character. Um, so let's let's start where every good story starts: conception. Mm-hmm. Um, life begins at conception. Yes. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> pick pick a world we want to throw it into. I don't think that it fits with uh, Cardholm. Yeah. At some point, I would like to create other worlds. Oh, yeah. But yeah, right now we can just say fantasy nonsense world or sci-fi nonsense world. Or fantasy sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Eberron setting is very much like science fiction fantasy. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of like steampunk-esque stuff that it's like, how does this mechanical ship fly? Oh, there's a dragon stone in it. that's all you need to know yeah um 
Okay, yeah, so just your generic fantasy. Well, so do we want automatons to be a normal thing? Like, is this like Star Wars where everybody's got a droid? I think I'd kind of like it better if it was more rare. Okay. Um, To the point that, like, maybe um, you want to hide the fact that they're an automaton? Would they, like, cloak up if they go into a city? I think that would depend on what the character is. Like, are we making a humanoid-esque thing? Are we making a Talos-sized robot? Mm. That's a very good point. Yeah, if it's a colossal robot, uh, putting on a cloak isn't going to do it much good, is it? Hmm. Well, then everyone will just assume it's three robots standing on top of each other in cloak. Boom. Bullet dodged. You know, you know, Vincent Robot Man. What I didn't even think about Megazords from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Mm -hmm. The Zords are automatons, aren't they? Are they sentient anyway? I assume well, they were completely controlled by the Power Rangers, and just any time they were like doing their own thing, it's because they had like a like an autopilot program. Sure, but okay, but let me throw this at you: when the Green Ranger like plays his dagger flute, doo, 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 and then the Green Zord, the Godzilla Zord, comes out, it shoots guys with its finger guns before the Green Ranger even dives in there and morphs it. And the like when they summon the Mastodon and the Tyrannosaurus. You know, they don't just get, like, flown in by a helicarrier. They burst out and roar and run. Yeah, they just have, like, autopilot programs, like Titans from Titanfall. Hmm. I thought the Titans had AI in Titanfall. Don't they? I think the newest one in 2 did. I don't think they did one. maybe Titan. I know Titanfall 2, there was AI programs in them. Because I remember, like, one of them talking to you or, like, being glad to see you or something. Yeah. Um, a la Cortana-esque from Halo. We're nerds. <laughs> um, my students asked me uh, if I would tell them the name of our podcast, and I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is not safe for middle schooler ears. <laughs> we talk about adult stuff like Titanfall, Rated M, and Halo, right. Rated M. <laughs> It's so funny. I don't even think I've dropped a swear word. Um, anyway. Oh, I curse regularly on this podcast. Yeah, you sure do. I mean, no, I do constantly. But like this episode, I don't know if I'm like thinking about it or not. Um, but I don't think I've cursed. I've said hellscape. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. We shouldn't talk about scapes. Mm-hmm, it's true. Mm. Manscaping? Um, not in this house. Hell no. <laughs> Um, okay. I hate this podcast. It's so hard. (laughs) Okay. Um, you should see how our listeners feel about it. (laughs) Um, our automaton let's, um, so we want it to be vaguely humanoid. Let's, let's go sort of the Pinocchio route. Um, and have it be, like whether the the like the physical quality of it is big or small, mm-hmm. let's give it the mind of a child. So that like 
as a child would be growing up and learning about its own humanity and its own place in the world as well, we have this creature, um, I guess almost, well, you're watching Full Metal Alchemist now, aren't you? Yeah, I just finished uh, episode three yesterday. Yeah. Um, so has the thing happened yet? You mean them trying to resurrect their mother and... Yeah, and Alphonse getting stuck in a suit. Yeah, that's that, that's yeah. episode two. Uh, so, like, what if we, like, played with that concept a little bit? Not necessarily that it's, like, a human soul trapped in a suit of armor, but just it has the sentience of a child because it's only been flipped on recently. Yeah, I like that. Uh, let's stick the soul of a child, but not soul of a child in something cool. What do you want to do? Um, so... I don't want to pull too heavily from things that I've done in the past, but um, I did create a Dungeons and Dragons world that's based around Oz and um, uh, the Warforged race. There's like two types. There's the Warforged who are like not truly sentient. They're just like war machines that get sent out to do stuff. And then there is... Um, a like they're called uh awoken i don't remember actually the term i use they're not awoken but they're warforged that uh, have human souls put into them and like very wealthy families whose children get sick will sometimes bind their child's soul into a warforged rather than watch their child die but then the child is like permanently a child um, like their soul or intelligence or whatever never really grows up past that. So it's almost like they're a ghost forever, but inside of a physical thing that needs to be like constantly maintained. And yeah, it kind of sounds like that movie AI. So, oh man, what a good movie. That's a weird one. That was a really weird movie. I want to watch that movie. <laughs> um, this is the podcast where we talk about media that we like and go, man, we should watch that again. <laughs> we, should, we do. That is this podcast. Um, so do we want to let's, yeah, let's, um, I kind of like the AI route as well of uh, like, is it a child's body? Maybe I don't want to go like too hard on like a Pinocchio thing where like a guy wants a kid. So he does that. <laughs> You know, so he builds a kid. But where else are we going to get a kid? Uh, d does it have to be? I guess it does have to be humanoid for if we're sticking with the automata. Yeah. Definition. But I mean, it doesn't have to specifically be like two arms, two legs. Yeah. You know, um, maybe maybe it's sort of like. Um, um like the uh, fortune telling machines where they only really built the top half and yeah, it's humanoid, but there's no legs or it's in like a cart or a wheelchair or something like that. What if our talented child was made by like just a really shitty avant-garde artist who's just really like throwing stuff at the wall to see what stuck. Mm -hmm. And then for some reason, just his most deformed piece is like, it has like the head of a child doll, but like it's attached to like a coyote body or something. Oh, like uh, like Sid from Toy Story. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Okay, so it's very gro he he's very grotesque. 
Um, yeah, I kind of like that. It's, it's so it's is it made out of? It's made like some mechanical, some maybe wood, and a lot of like woodland critter parts. Yeah, like I think it was just meant to be like an art piece. Like it was probably like an ancient automata thing where like maybe like if you wound it up, it did like a tap dance routine. Mm -hmm. Okay. I kind of, I actually really like the idea of it have, being a tap dance thing. And it's like almost like Buzz Lightyear's karate chop action. <laughs> it's like a kid that is like, no, 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 don't wind me up. And then, and then fuck, and it just <laughs> has to do its little tap dance routine. It has an annoying song or just like a wind up, like, what are those wind up things called? The like music box? Yeah, it has a little music box inside yeah. it. And you just hear the kachago, uh, ding, 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 ding. I like that. Um, oh, what if the, um, now I'm just thinking of interesting things. What if, um, that's like how the child's voice is done? Like there's not like a wheel with the pegs, um, but rather there's like, like chimes and strikers mm -hmm. as like a music box would have. And that's how they speak. So it's like a little, you know whatever obviously physics don't work that way but it's like a like a sing-songy kind of voice because yeah so it'd be, it'd, it'd be closer to like pascal from near automata uh i guess i don't remember that character i don't think okay. i got that far <laughs> um but yeah yeah i like that or maybe maybe it doesn't even speak maybe it is more like r2d2 and it's just like you know high-pitched tones are affirmative and lower-pitched tones might be negatory. Um, I feel like I do want it to talk. You do want it to talk? Yeah. Okay. That's fine. But I like um, the idea of it being, like, very chimey and... Yeah. Okay. Um, so, how much? how much of it is person looking like you so does it actually have like does it stand on two legs and it just like because you said the body of a coyote or something right yeah i just thought of something that'd be disturbing to see a child's face on got it um maybe maybe like the head of a bear so it, like it's almost like a cute like um um, or maybe not a bear specifically, but like the kids, the Lost Boys from the Peter Pan cartoon, how they're wearing like mm -hmm. animal pajamas and just their face is sticking out. But this is like, he took like a, a bear cub and sawed off the front of its face and smashed all of the robotics into it. So it would look really cute <laughs> if it weren't for the fact that it is a, a bear cub's head that has been <laughs> mutilated. Brutal. Um, and, uh, what else? I mean, maybe it's, uh, maybe it's legs are like turned the wrong direction or, or something, or maybe the joints in its legs, um, don't lock. So it like, it's really wobbly when it walks because it's knees bend forward and backward. Does that could make be sense? like, could be like mismatched legs, like it's front legs are normal, like dog robot legs but his back legs are like crab claws or something 
Oh, so is it on all fours? Maybe. I don't know. We're still spitballing stuff. Right. Hmm. What if it's what if its legs are? I I I, I want to go back to it. I like the idea that it doesn't have a bottom half, or that its bottom half is just like on a small cart, like mm-hmm. it, you know, like a little red wagon that it has to push itself. Maybe even with an oar. <laughs> Do a kickflip. <laughs> um. But at the same time, I do like it having mismatched legs. I don't know if mismatched arms is as impressive, though. Maybe it does have mismatched arms, okay. And one arm is like, you know, not a human hand, but something for grabbing. And then the other one is like like a specific tool for whatever the the automaton was supposed to do. Like if it was supposed to write out a few poems, right? So one hand is just a pen. But maybe not the poems. I was just using an example that you had brought up. Yeah. Um, that... What what? So the the guy who created it, like like you said, it's all avant garde. But when he was like, "Oh, I made this thing. Look at what it can do." What like what? What thing is it supposed to do? But now it's come to life or whatever. I do like the idea of it going back to like the poems and it just like writes out weird avant-garde shit. Like I have a mouth, so I must scream. Okay. Um, okay. Maybe it takes dictation. That could be interesting. Or we can go back to the tap dancing thing. Um, maybe it draws. Maybe if you like wind it up, it will like draw a sketch of whatever's in front of it. Um, yeah. And, it, and, and that just like completely overrides all of its other functions. So like the, the creator would be like, okay, it's time for you to like, shut up now. I need some time to think. And he like winds it up. And for the next half an hour, it's just sitting and sketching the corner of the room. Yeah, I dig that. So did did the artist intentionally make it so this had full sentience or did something happen to accidentally give it sentience? Right. A la fairy godmother or... or the blue fairy. Yeah, I yeah. was thinking about that. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm... I'm... Um, I'm thinking it, it's just like accidental sentience like um just like the parts that he crammed in there thinking oh this will just be like an arts piece um you know like the the like motherboard that he ripped out of his nintendo and then smashed it into the leftover bits of bear brain like created (laughs) a life yeah or like something like a piece from it came from like he went like to a ruin like doing dumpster diving yeah um or even like maybe he just like filled the like the faceplate and all of that um is just covering a bunch of like copper wire that's just smashed in there to keep the head full but just like our brains is our brain is basically a very complex set of copper wires maybe it just like he accidentally made a brain <laughs> But yeah, I mean, whatever it is, I think that that's that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. He was just trying to create 
a dumb little thing to show off and it accidentally created real sentience as one does as one does um okay well so let's let's flesh out our our character a little bit we should give him a name and so let's decide the artist that created him how much of a hack is he like does he have like a really punny name like sketchy the mechanical drawing boy <laughs> or um cubby the the mechanical bear child and i i almost i am kind of imagining this artist to like be like grown-up sid from toy story like he really did just go around and instead of using it now all of his pent-up aggression to blow stuff up he just makes really cool stuff okay um so maybe the kid the the creation really just doesn't have a name right because the creator doesn't care much about their creations they care more about creating than the creation if it's if the creation is now sentient it would name itself mm. or okay. it would be a simple name like tiktok or yeah okay maybe that maybe that's like a story that we come across um very early in the character's life because the only other name that it would have heard would be like master or something right um depending on whether sid refers to it as a name or not like does sid just like create it and then throw a sheet over it or something i just creates and moves on to the next thing okay might be impressed by the fact he created artificial intelligence and we should also not name our character sid so we don't get disney knocking on our doors oh, although yeah, i'm sure I'm although sure. that's like that's like 16 lawyers that are listening to our shit right now that's exactly. 16 new listeners yeah so welcome to the podcast yeah. disney how are you doing welcome to the toy story podcast <laughs> um yeah let's go ahead and, and name our creator sid um, <laughs> but it's after final fantasy character mm -hmm. it's with a c yeah wait isn't the toy story one with the c yeah but it's uh uh what's the term um like it's homage it's divergent inspiration <laughs> we it's just luck that the two ideas are the same we had the same idea at different times before we were born um, <laughs> <laughs> um anywho okay so sid creates this automaton who is made and then is just not necessarily forgotten about but sid moves on um and like does our character get out in the world i think it starts off in the workshop and it keeps being surrounded by more and more creations and it's gaining sentience but the other creations aren't okay so maybe it it's like it thinks of all the other creations as like family and friends but it's mm -hmm. like sort of like princess bubblegum who is looking around and they're like all simple-minded and happy whereas and she's the only one that like i guess has that like higher level of mm -hmm. thought i don't know um but it's yeah it's trying to you know it knows well maybe it doesn't know anything but like it's not human it doesn't have a human brain and soul it's just an intelligent machine um but yeah it's it's 
tr maybe it tries to talk, tries to communicate with other devices, and some of the other devices are made to communicate. So it gets some back and forth, but yeah, but it's the equivalent of talking like to Aimbot back in the early two thousands. Yeah, or or maybe like, um, maybe his favorite conversationalist is the radio, and just like thinks that it's talking to the actual radio and not listening to the program that is coming <laughs> through the, the airwaves. Um, yeah, I dig that. Because, I mean, it doesn't know, right? Um, what what about, um, does it, does it, so it's going to spend a long time in the shop, right? Maybe it's almost like a, an Ed, Edward Scissorhands situation where it suddenly is thrust upon the outside world when Sid dies. Yeah, Sid dies or just like something happens to the workshop. Maybe he gets evicted or something because mm -hmm. he's such just like a deadbeat artist. Um, okay. Well, okay. I, I kind of like that. Maybe one day, yeah, Sid goes out and just never comes back. And... Come back with those cigarettes eventually. <laughs> um... <laughs> okay, so what if, uh, what if like Sid goes out to get supplies and never comes back, and um, like decades go by, and all of the other things in the, um, the workshop, are just like falling apart into disrepair. Um, and our character, having watched Sid do a lot of work, um, and uh, maybe like tries to do um, like repairs on other things around, but eventually it's like the last mobile working thing in mm -hmm. the workshop. And for the first time, it like leaves the workshop. Um, yeah. What if the story is him trying to get like the final piece he needs to fix something? Oh, yeah, I like that. Like the last battery in the pack of like double A's dies. Ooh, what if, okay, let me let me do you one better. Maybe Sid doesn't, um, okay, so Sid doesn't leave and, and never come back, okay? Sid dies in the workshop. And our automaton goes out to try and find the repair items to fix Sid. Oh. <laughs> and um like um like maybe maybe sid okay sid maybe was like a weird little kid from toy story but grows up and like he still has weird um like whatever he likes to make grotesque things but he doesn't he's not mean right he doesn't blow his stuff up with m80s anymore um so maybe our character is definitely an object to him definitely one of his creations but he treats it kindly, you know, like I say thank you to my Alexa. So maybe he's just. I do that to my Google too. I'm just remember when Terminator 2 happens, I said mm -hmm. thank you. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I do it because I feel like if I fall out of practice saying thank you to, to Alexa, I'll stop saying thank you to real people. <laughs> Thanks, um, COVID. You just yeah. start walking down the street, go, fuck you. Fuck you. And, and most of the time, Alexa doesn't give me any lip back. <laughs> I ask Melissa to do something and she's like, do it yourself. What if, what if I asked Melissa to hand me something and she was like, sure, I'll do that. But also if you subscribe to Melissa plus for only 14 99 a month, you can get things on your own. 
<laughs> She's on the other side of the door right now taking notes like that was an option. Well, I don't have 1499, so she knows that's not going to work. Um, anyway, so yeah, let's send our character out to try and find uh, supplies to fix Sid. Um, I think that would just be the story itself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the main yeah. story. So, okay, <laughs> I got. I have another idea that's uh, like in this vein. You tell me if it's too dark. So, in order to find out what's wrong with Sid, obviously he has to take him apart. <laughs> so, so like he goes off on his adventure, and somebody stumbles upon the workshop, and there it's just like blood and guts and uh, disembowelment everywhere. But like in a nice, neat way, like everything is like set out and labeled. Um, All right, if we're going to go that route, I'm going to double down on it. I'm going to say that Sid had like a camera in his workshop. Like he was a very like notes, two, three, four. This one didn't work out so well, but I'm going to try this one again. So they find that video of a robot mutilating a human and freak out. And now there's like PBs everywhere of like, look out for insane robot. So I'm going to... I'm going to take exactly what you said and say, we already, we already made this camera and oh, it's we? our automaton. Like the camera he made is wind him up and he sketches what's in front of him. So maybe they do find sketches, but it's all first person point of view from our, our automatons. Like, so they aren't looking for an automaton. They're looking for like, they're only a human could be so depraved and they're looking for something that, possibly killed this person yeah i guess so um yeah but like yeah um the he the uh our character who we still have not named yet definitely did like sketch out pictures with notes of how to put him back together properly um and that's what people stumble upon as well but yeah they don't know that they're looking for a robot in a radio flyer the robot has a human face so maybe like the human face was like a reflection in something that just happened ad added up in the sketch mm. it's like he keeps popping around and seeing like his face appear on screens like looking out for this or maybe they um maybe his bear ears are in a reflection and they they're like well a bear might have done this <laughs> um so that does he have like like an actual like human's face or is it like I, I've been thinking of it as like a porcelain doll kind of face sort of thing. Yeah, it was something human-ish, like a like like it a toy like face a human, or human it's face. Yeah, not like it's not the flesh of a child. Yeah. It just looks like a human face. Okay. Yeah, human-esque. Okay. I don't think Sid would go out grave robbing or anything. Okay, that's fair. Um. All right, so the character is going to name themselves. They step out of the workshop or wheel out of the workshop for the first time ever on a journey to go find the missing parts uh, to fix their creator. Um, they What do they name kind of like to imagine like they're going down the street and they see like an ad for something like we'll just make up like a product and it's like one of those cheesy ads like i'm a member of duracell no i'm a member of duracell so you're just like oh i am duracell 
but like, like we would we would make up like a new like a thing it's kind of a bummer because i like like i would want to play a character named duracell <laughs> um okay yeah i like i like that it just like saw an advertisement or or something jack um, cola I guess we need to flesh out the world a little bit more to decide what kind of um, advertisements are around. Yeah. And we've, we've established it's on the radio. It's maybe it's something that was a really popular radio jingle. Mm. Um, what if there's uh, like a radio advertisement that's like very popular and... Um, it's like you're a modern man or or something like that and so it thinks that its name is modern man because it keeps being told over and over you are a modern man i really like that but it, i mean obviously not that it's you're uh or you're you're tired you need <laughs> no i kind of like modern man modern man yeah that might be a bit on the nose but like if we're doing uh automaton that's trying to vaguely figure out the meaning of what it is to exist in humanity his name is modern man i am modern man okay <laughs> but it's in it's in chimes um, every time it says its own name it like plays a little jingle after it just because it's used to hearing that oh yeah and my we, name is modern man ding ding, ding. yeah and, and it's such a popular commercial everybody is like oh okay it's just like a recording right <laughs> um interesting okay i mean i you know what i feel like i feel like we've we've made the character and any more fleshing out would be the character's story which i kind of think would be a a really good writing assignment for one of us yeah um yeah i think i think that we've done enough with our modern man I really like Modern Man. <laughs> um, okay, anything else? No, I think we're all good. Uh, we don't really have any housekeeping. No, I mean, all the stuff that normally applies, you can go check out our charity page at extra-life.org slash participant slash FPS. Did I get that right? Yep. Uh, we're also on Facebook, just four people streaming, mm -hmm. which will have all the links to stuff. And uh, you can check us out our Be A Better Bard. You can send us an email at beabetterbard at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter, yeah. At Be A Better Bard. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Um, if any of my... I just started teaching this week, so if any of my students are listening to this, I told you not to because of all my swear words. So disclaimer is over. I can't get sued by your parents. Uh, but if you follow us on Twitter, I will give you all the dirt on him. I, there's a lot there's a mm -hmm. lot of dirt but you got to follow us on twitter first that's you the deal follow me on twitter baby and if um, you get friends to follow i'll sell more dirt <laughs> uh do you have a topic picked out for next week i do so today is uh at time of recording is super bowl sunday sports everyone knows that we love the sports we don't shut up about the sports everyday sport so let's talk about uh fantasy games all right it doesn't have to be a sports game. It could be a board games or a cards game. It just has to be a not real game. And we see how it applies into that, the fictional world. Okay. 
I'm going to go ahead and say that wizard chess is not made up enough. It's just chess. It's not that cool. Yeah. Uh, I also think this is probably one of those things that were like, if you want to do a couple like we did with the uh, mystical creatures one, you could probably do that one. Okay. That sounds good. Cause I mean, okay, well here, and I'm going to ruin another one. Quidditch. Like you can explain the rules of it and it's kind of cool, but that's only going to take five minutes. There's also the history of Quidditch. She wrote a book on that. Fuck that dog. <laughs> There's different teams you can talk about. Okay. Okay. No fantasy yeah. sports. I'm, I'm into it. Yeah. Fantasy sports or games. It's like, okay. if you want to talk, like, what is it? The wizards have like that game where like they launch like ink balls at each other. But again, that's a, like, that's a paragraph. Oh really? I didn't know that. It's, it's so it's paintball, but with wands. It's almost like, you know, like those snapping toys you can buy at like theme parks where like you throw it on the ground. Oh. It makes a snap. It's like that, but with ink somehow it's, it's mentioned in passing. She never goes into the rules of it. Okay. Um, all right, great. I actually think I know which one I want to talk about. Nice. You can tell me once you hit uh, and record. <laughs> okay. Um, well, until next time, and we still don't have our new sign out, right? We don't. Um... I think it needs to be, we, we need to make something like legitimate about like being creative or being bards or something. Um, don't let your tire pressure light go on for too long <laughs> okay bye <laughs>